0: Is this thing still on?
1: I think they can hear us a bit better now. Should we keep talking? Of course. Let's say it louder for those in the back.
0: Hi, and welcome to the Nurse podcast, an unfiltered discussion about health and healthcare. My name is Amy Archibald-Burley.
1: And my name is Sarah Fung.
0: And we are your podcast hosts.
1: If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, or any other podcast platform, don't forget to hit subscribe so you can get updates on new episodes.
0: If you love our podcast and our advocacy work, please go to www.grittynurse.com and click on the support us button. This will give you access to exclusive episodes and early releases on a monthly basis.
1: This will help us with the cost of running the podcast, the time and energy to put out awesome and informative episodes. And for that, we thank you and we appreciate you.
0: what a wild week it has been for us here in ontario canada and i mean i'm sorry to my international our international guests we will be talking something that's a little bit ontario centric but honestly i think i think there's still pearls here that you can probably glimmer from your own experiences in terms of healthcare and the intersection of politics and we've had a really tough go here
1: Okay, for those of you who aren't in Ontario or maybe you're not familiar with politics, we had our 2022 Ontario general election back on June 2nd. And this was to elect members of the provincial parliament or as we call MPPs to serve in the Parliament of Ontario. So the governing progressive Conservatives, led by Premier Doug Ford, were re-elected to a second-majority government, winning seven more seats than they had won in 2018. And let me just say that um, nurses definitely do not and did not support Doug Ford um, because of a lot of things that he did to um, harm nurses, really, during the pandemic.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think the biggest piece here, like he won an overwhelming... Um, majority government. But this was off of the backs. And I think we've seen various different stats being thrown out there, something like 13% of the population voted for him. And I think they said that, like, it was one of the lowest (laughs) turnouts for voting. People just didn't go out and vote what it ended up doing was really hurting healthcare, hurting particularly nurses too, and anybody who works in healthcare, because at the end of the day, we've been seeing slow, slow progression towards more privatized type of healthcare. And again, I think one of the main things, specifically nurses here in Ontario, were our biggest gripe was Bill 124, which he said he would absolutely not remove. And this is a bill that again, caps nurses' wages at less than 1%. And we're looking at numbers of 6% inflation. So think about this, right? Nurses' wages have stayed the same for a long period of time. Everybody knows that the cost of inflation, the prices of gas and groceries have gone through the roof, right? Like gas here out here is $2.10 I've seen uh, the highest for a liter of gas. And that's, that's insane you know, some organizations are like, oh yeah, 6% inflation. We got to, you know, bump people's wages up. Well, that can't happen here because nurses' wages are capped. We actually have a collective bargaining agreement, but what Bill 124 does is it caps the, the wages of nurses and other healthcare professionals at less than 1%. So we couldn't and haven't gotten a raise. And it's kind of crazy. Like, some some of the stories i've heard of nurses like trying just to survive through this pandemic it's wild
1: right and we're talking about someone who throughout the pandemic has time and time again called nurses and other healthcare workers heroes so really playing lip service to us but really in terms of action we haven't seen much so we were capped by bill 124 after a lot of public pressure they decided to give nurses a one-time retention bonus of $5,000 with lots of caveats. But needless to say, um, some of these retention bonuses have started to be paid out. And as I said at the beginning, a lot of it was going to be taxed, which is true. So um, with nurses receiving the first half of the $5,000, which is $2,500, I've been seeing in different groups that people are actually pocketing about $1,200 to $1,300. So, you know, half of that's going to taxes. And we also have Doug Ford talking all the time about the number of beds. We're expanding the number of beds, but never talking about who's actually going to staff the beds. And I don't know what the strategy is here, but it's definitely not to retain nurses. It definitely isn't. And I mean,
0: I think the tone has really changed. And I think it's, I find it quite concerning. And I, I really, like, I i tweeted about it a little bit today. And, you know, you think about the beginning of the pandemic, right? Oh, nurse, like you said, nurses were hailed heroes. We were We were having people bang pots and pans for us. There were people cheering. Oh, great. Look at these nurses going out to the battlefield, whatever, whatever. And now the tone is completely changed. It's completely shifted to you guys are heroes. Thank you so much for your hard work and service to stop complaining, shut up, roll your sleeves up and do the job that you said that you're going to do. And, you know, essentially just saying, you know, I actually saw a comment so far as saying, you know what Doug Ford should do? He should fire the lot of you fire all the nurses and just put new ones in. Maybe we should even talk a little bit about that because I think that person clearly is misinformed about how nurses actually come to fruition. And clearly our government doesn't really understand how nurses come to fruition as well, because it's, you know, it's not a course that you take overnight. And then the next day you you have a full-fledged, able-bodied ICU emergency deliver or labor and delivery nurse that can perform all the skills of a nurse who's worked in the in the industry for over 10 years it just doesn't work that way.
1: I don't even know where to start with this person's comments. Like I think first of all he must think there's a conveyor belt of nurses waiting right. to work when it's actually the opposite. Nurses can't leave fast enough right now. So I think it would be total and utter chaos and complete breakdown of the healthcare system even worse than it is right now. And just going back to what you said about Bill 124, I think people don't know that I feel this is a female issue because police officers, firefighters, physicians were not part of this bill. They were able to be exempt from this bill. And so this really impacts females for the vast majority. And I know there are male nurses out there. You know, that's that's part of it, too. But it's a it's a woman's issue at the end of the day. And people don't want to hear a lot of times what women's issues are and they don't want to do anything about it.
0: Well, you know, like I said, it's, it's that misogyny in action, right? That's just these misogynists who sit behind a computer, they have sheer anonymity. They don't say their first name, their last name. There's no profile pic, or there's a picture of a Simpsons character or whatever the case may be. And of course they want to spout off all their like, you know, misogynistic, sexist bullshit. And of course, they they feel that they can't take the heat for it because they're hiding behind their computers. And you know what? At the end of the day, these people are cowards. They would never say this to a nurse's face. And And I urge anybody who's listening, if this is the way you feel, come say it to our faces. Come straight to the hospitals where we're working at. When you check in on your next visit for whatever your healthcare issue may be, let the nurse know Please tell them that you think that we are pathetic, we complain too much, and that we should shut up and do our job. We will be happy to make sure that goes on the front page of your chart. Honest to God. I would go around taking census of making sure you tell me that information so I could put it down in your medical health record so it'll be there for life. And, you know, every time you walk in, just let them know. Just, you're not a good person. You're, you're a piece of garbage. And um, thank you for looking after me for the rest of the day. Like, I, I mean... These people are cowards at the end of the day and, and they're just sexist, misogynist a-holes. And at the and you know, I think people will say anything hiding behind a computer screen.
1: Right. And you'd be so surprised these anonymous accounts how quickly they disappear when they get put under the heat. All of a sudden, their account's no longer available. Or or their tweets been deleted or whatever.
0: You know, one of the things that like there was actually an article that just came out today that I, I had interviewed for the Canadian press. And I was very interested to see that Doug Ford actually said when asked the morning after the election whether he would ease or he would um, ease the wage gap, the wage cap for healthcare workers, Ford said that he would take inflation into consideration in negotiations once the agreements lapse. So clearly... We definitely have to hold him to that word. And he also says, and they have quotes, so let's see. I'm a strong believer when you get inflation, we got to treat people fairly, Ford said. After pointing to retention pay his government announced for nurses last winter, we're going to sit down and negotiate fairly with no matter what union it is. I'm a strong believer of being fair with the people that are out there working hard, doing a great job and and we rely on them. So I'm very grateful for everyone, including nurses. Well, what the F Doug Ford, why didn't you do this before the election? Why are you waiting afterwards? And I hope that nurses are getting at least 6%. Like, we'll, we'll see. Like, I do. You, what do you think about this comments?
1: I I honestly think it's a lot of fluff. So I'm hearing that he's going to take things into consideration. I'm not hearing a firm commitment to anything. He could easily go back on his word and say, oh, you know, we've considered it, but in light of the budget or we're not going to be able to increase it. So I'm not hearing a real commitment. I'm not hearing any specific promises here. But I'm hearing that he's going to look into it. And if I recall back to earlier conversations that he's had with different nurses unions, it was along those same lines that they were willing to sit down with unions and or associations and talk to them. But that led to nothing. So I I don't I'm not really feeling like this is very promising at all.
0: You know, you know what that, that, that whole situation is, Sarah? We've we've done it. We've done it too. It's when your kid comes up to you and is like, mom, can I get this shiny new toy? And you're like, yeah, I'll take it into consideration. And you know the answer is, no, you're not getting that shiny new toy. <laughs> you're not getting it. And I hope that you forget that you've asked me. That's essentially what that is. Unless he puts his money where his mouth is because that is how you retain nurses. That's how you retain anybody in the industry anybody who's working because you know, at the end of the day, you guys are making it seem like nurses are greedy. We're not greedy. We just want the same thing, fair wages, just like you do. You know, you worked in construction or you worked in as a firefighter or you worked as a police officer. Yeah. We don't hear you guys complaining because you guys got huge amounts of raises and, and great inflation for your jobs. We're complaining because women tend to get shit on in our society all the time. So it's super frustrating when, you know, we're like, oh my God, ha <laughs> that you know, we worked so hard and we got like a less than one percent. Could we could we have a little bit more? We're begging. How sad is that? How sad is it that after two years of grueling work, and it's still ongoing because the, cri- like, yeah, people are like, oh, healthcare was in shambles before. Yeah, healthcare was in shambles before, but now put the pandemic on top of it and people rapidly leaving the profession and it's 10 times worse. So don't give us that, that stupid excuse, deal with the facts that's presented in front of us. There's a huge problem now. It can be dealt with. You can help retain nurses by paying nurses.
1: Right. and. You know what? At the end of the day, nurses are dealing with really, really stressful work situations. We're dealing with increased physical and verbal violence, right? We're dealing with there was forced overtime. There was denied vacations for months and months on end. So we're not talking about, you know, nurses taking extra vacation or taking time off. We're asking for the time that we are allotted to in our, you know, our job agreements and being told that you literally can't go on vacation for the summer, After you've worked, you know, two and a half years, day in and day out, over time, you know, taking twice the amount of workload that is safe. That's a whole other issue to begin with. And nurses are just, I don't even know what the word is anymore, beyond exhausted. It's not, I don't even want to use the B word right now
0: yeah well we're asking for the bare minimum like it this is this is what kills me about this whole thing and i i think this is this goes to, this is where i'd say like this is an international issue right when it comes to nursing when it comes to this workforce that we tend to ask for the bare minimum and still don't even get that. When we do ask, it's like, oh, how dare you? And it's just very infuriating because we won't get anywhere that way. This is where I've said, you know, people are like, okay, so you know, the elections happen. Like, how do you how do you guys move forward? What is what are the what are nurses' next steps? Well, we've always said that healthcare is political. We can't sit back and be like, oh, you know, we want change. We 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 don't like how things are doing. Just complain about them and don't do anything. We have to get out there. We have to organize. We have to have strong unions and we have to have strong regulatory bodies and strong, you know, um, uh, nursing associations that will actually stand up and stand behind nurses. You know, I, I was I was shocked when it was like radio silence there. I remember we hit like four weeks down to the election and I was like, all right, there are all these, you know, like all these different associations saying all these different things. Uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. Nothing. Silence.
1: Absolute silence. It is beyond disappointing. And I have to say, for the amount of money that we as nurses pay the union and the nurses that are part of different associations, they pay their annual membership fees to have all that money and not to see the action when it's so badly needed. That is really, really harmful and hurtful to the profession. If these organizations aren't standing up for us, who's going to stand up for us? It just leaves nurses on their own right like who's gonna stand up for nurses
0: well you're 100 percent, right that's that's kind of what it's like it's it's just it's like we're up the creek without a paddle and it's just you know people are like oh you know you, you guys have strong unions clearly not if, if if this is what's happening or you know this argument i i really want i really want to hear people give me the real the real truth behind people being like oh you know we need to stay not partisan we can't get involved Tell me why. Tell me why if it's hurting nurses, if it's hurting healthcare, we can't like have a stance. Tell me why. Tell me what the reason is. Because if it's not a good enough reason and it has to do with finances, then that's a whole other, other conversation we need to be having. If you say that you're a regulatory body that supports nursing, then support nursing. I think that's actually pretty straightforward.
1: Right. And you need to have a backbone. Like, honestly, stand up for nurses. Take the heat. That's what you're there for. This is when we need you. We've never needed um, advocacy more. And we've been let down yet again. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so I guess in some senses it's not surprising, but it is very disappointing.
0: Well, this is why I said, you know, like nurses just we just need to do this on our own. We just need to organize on our own, like I even th- I even said to myself, I said, Jordan, you know, maybe what I should do is just start my own nursing association. We can call it New Nurses of Ontario or something, something simple like that. And then just, you know what, we organize, we get the ball rolling, we get, we, you know, we are the frontline people who are doing the work and we have to be political. How can we be, how can we be in healthcare and be apolitical? Just like, yeah, no, we're just, we're just a partisan no, like you have to choose. This is where you have to choose a side. You have to choose a side that is on the side of protecting people, protecting their health care, protecting community health, protecting public health. And if the leaders who are out there don't do that, then we shouldn't vote for them. I don't think that's such a hard concept. And at the end of the day, yeah, people should do whatever they want. You should vote or not vote or whatever the case may be. But give people the, the ability to, And support to do it. Like, how much power do you think there would have been if we had large organizations being like, here's how you can support nursing. Or nurses going out and, you know, knocking on doors, talking about what what has been happening. Saying, I put my name and my values behind this person. I watched the media endorse Doug Ford. Like, what the friggin' hell is happening? Why couldn't one of the nursing associations...
1: I don't know, stand behind one of the other parties. They did. They stood behind the party that we don't like.
0: (laughs) Well, that's why we're in the situation we're in, right? And I think, you know, it's just, I can't can't handle this. Like, I just can't handle this because it's just, it, it boggles my mind, Sarah. It just makes me so frustrated for nurses here because all I've been seeing is people saying, you know what, we're just looking for alternatives. And I'm sure like, I'd I'd love to ask you, like, maybe you can give us a little bit of an insider, like, what are you seeing from the resume side and what nurses are saying? Are they like, hey, get me something out or get me a different, like career? What are they saying to you?
1: You know what? There couldn't be more nurses right now that are looking to get away from the bedside and really even looking for remote work-from-home jobs. The problem is, though, there are so many nurses that want these positions. There's only so many positions available, right? So, you do the math. Um, I think I saw some stats from the Canadian Nurses Association that 60% of the available nursing jobs in the country are in acute care settings, right? So, it is the majority, but there's that 40% that We're talking about like home care, community care, public health. There are a small number of work from home jobs. There are other options. But the thing is, like I said, there's only so many available. And often when you leave the hospital, you're dealing with a little bit of a lower salary, which some people are not okay with. And I totally get that. But it's just this whole shift now to where nurses that I've known working for 15, 20, 30 years now are thinking for the first time, I want to leave the hospital. It's just unbearable, and I don't think I can do it anymore. So it's it's a really sad time. And then at the same time, on the flip side, you have all these internationally trained nurses. You have a lot of registered practical nurses that want to get into the hospital, and they're being told you don't have enough experience or you don't have experience, and we're not willing to train you.
0: It's just, it's crazy. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's no other real clear words for it other than this this whole time is just crazy. And I think about even outside of Ontario, thinking internationally, thinking nationally, thinking globally, like what is happening with nursing as a profession and the way people view or respect or not respect nurses. I mean, I read an article and this just happened just a couple days ago in the States. People were working, you know, we go into work. It's, it's a dangerous place going to work you provide care for someone they don't like the care they come back and they shoot you I, I just I'm at a loss for how how much respect we don't have I remember thinking to myself and I, I still feel this way so 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 i'm I'm not fully jaded that nursing is a very very valuable profession would I say that it's the most respected profession I don't know I think that there's a there's a level of respect that people on the surface, it's kind of like dust, you blow it away, and it's gone. So I just don't I just don't know if people truly respect and value nurses, not with what I've been seeing and hearing over the past couple weeks.
1: Well, it's funny, because nurses have always been looked at as the most trusted profession. So if you trust somebody so much, why can't you respect them? It doesn't make sense to me. There's a problem with the image of nursing in the public eye. So we're here, we're these heroes, we're trusted. But when it really comes down to it, you don't like something, then you're gonna what? You're gonna yell at your nurse, you're gonna kick your nurse, you're gonna disrespect your nurse. It doesn't work that way, but that's what's happening. And, and where is the accountability? I
0: imagine that the violence has probably skyrocketed towards nurses, and it's it's very, very concerning. It's concerning that we're not getting this respect, and how how else do we gain this respect? Like, what, what do we do to get the public to truly understand what we do as a profession? the The education, the knowledge, skills, and judgment that we must have in our roles to do what we do. And then also not to treat us like shit. Like it's crazy. It was like I the, the dichotomy between how we were treated at the beginning to now. It just, it just shows. it makes me feel like the beginning was all a facade. It was all because like people were just like, yeah, you know, I'm happy. I think they're doing the right thing. And then as soon as the tides turned, it was like instantaneous. Nurse is bad. Nurses equal trying to keep the pandemic longer. Nurses are like this and that and the other thing. And it's just, how do we fix that? How do we repair that?
1: That is the million dollar question. I mean, we talked about how nurses need to band together and vote. And I really wonder... I, I'm sure there are not statistics, but I wonder what percentage of nurses did go out and vote because there's this general consensus that this was the election of apathy, right? So 43% was the lowest voter turnout in recent history. And just for comparison, in 2018, 57% of eligible voters voted. Some of the reasons given were people don't think it makes a difference. There is a complex voter registration process. They don't like any of the candidates or their campaign issues. And They are too busy or have conflicting schedules. I I even saw in one of the Facebook groups that nurses were complaining that they couldn't get the DF to vote. And somebody said, well... That's illegal. But somebody said there is also advanced voting, which I took advantage of. And people did not seem to know about that. I'm like, how did you not know? It's on your voter card. It's right on your voter card. You have... These days in your area to do advanced voting. And if you don't know the candidates, this is where you need to do your homework. This is important. You need to know who your candidates are and who you're going to vote for. This is your responsibility as a citizen who is eligible to vote because there are, I can tell you, there are a lot of people who want to vote, but they're not eligible.
0: Wow. I mean, I think the there was lots of shenanigans that were happening in Ontario, too, right? Like, I think there's also just a lot of ways that the government can actually make voting very difficult. So I heard that there were polls that were moved, polls that were Last closed, minute. polls that were reassigned. People were going in. They're like, oh, your name's not on the list. And then they would take their voter registration card. Like, there was all sorts of really bizarre things happening in the background, and it just makes me wonder like it just gives me the like mm, something doesn't seem right here because we've heard this story before we've heard these stories we've seen them in other areas and oh yeah the, the big thing that people weren't talking about was like there's some Russian interference what the hell <laughs> like it came out like I think it was like a day before like a story broke the day the day before that you know there's been some dealings between Doug Ford and and Russians and then poof. We heard nothing about it all, all again. And it was just, it's just crazy, crazy stuff. I just fear that, like, I just, I really fear, like, I think the American people, I think when we think about the election of when Donald Trump was put in, right, the American people were tired. They were looking for change. They wanted something new. There was a lot of populism and crazy things that were happening. And then, you know, they elected Donald Trump. And I can't say that, you know, we're there yet, but we're getting there. On the fast track towards privatization, towards things that don't matter as much here. Like, I know, like, someone's, like someone said to me, Oh, you know, healthcare is not a zero sum situation. No, it's not a zero sum situation, but you know, we can think about allocation of funds in a different way. And you can't, we're not saying that you should bottom out all the resources into healthcare, but I mean, spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on infrastructure of a highway that we don't need. There are people waiting for surgeries that are backlogged. There are people who are waiting for appointments that are backlogged. There are people who are dying of cancer and various other conditions that still haven't been seen. Mm -hmm. So maybe... We should invest in healthcare. Like I don't think that's a I don't think you can go wrong. And I think people think that investing in healthcare is lining people's pockets. Well, it's probably lining the wrong people's pockets, but it's not it's not directly going to nurses' pockets. Cause I, I do want to clear that up where someone's like, Oh, you know, you just want it for yourself. Oh yeah, what am I gonna get? A two dollar raise, not even. No, it's not coming to me. It's coming to buying. New equipment, you know, getting other people ready or or buying large infrastructure systems for data collection. Like people have to really give their heads a shake. And, you know, maybe you should put the buck a beard down and actually pick up a book and read and learn a little bit more about healthcare and healthcare politics before you you know throw your two cents in and say, Well, it's going into a nurse's pocket. Cause I could tell you, if money's coming into healthcare, it's definitely not
1: coming into my pocket. Right, right. So maybe we can wrap this up by talking about some tangible solutions, how we can move forward.
0: (laughs) I'm all about the tangible solutions
1: and what can we do moving forward? Let's say moving forward, what are we going to do? How are we going to mobilize and, you know, start to make some waves here?
0: I feel like nurses are going to have to take this on themselves. Like I don't, I personally don't see um, larger organizations in nursing trying to take this on i think they should like i i personally think that like every single college and university that has a nursing program should be having some form of an elective working in working with politicians um working in the community learning about politics and healthcare. like i think that should be another core curriculum piece because i think that there's there's probably some fear surrounding that that element right it's just like oh you know I'm a nurse, all I do is care for people, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, our jobs are actually much more broad than that. It, we don't just do the work at the bedside or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of other things that we need to be involved with in because they affect the way that we operate. And I think that, you know, if I can beg and plead colleges and universities to get nurses and other healthcare professionals, even if there's some elective or there's someone who comes in or there's a course where they talk about the intersection of politics and they have some form of elective where they, you know, they shadow their MPP or they shadow, sorry, they shadow their MP or whatever the case may be. I think that's, that's a good thing because we need to be political. We can't sit at the sidelines and watch stuff happening to healthcare, and then be like, Wham, we, we, did, we didn't have any say. Yeah, if you want to have say, we need to be a part of the change. We need to be a part of the change that is occurring. And we, can, we, we need to start somewhere. So maybe colleges and universities can start looking at how they can integrate the intersection of politics and healthcare.
1: Yeah. And I think that going back to nursing school, I remember one of the first courses I took was the history of nursing. I think this, all of this happening right now should be part of the history of nursing. This needs to be part of the overall story of nursing because it has been so impactful and affected nursing in so many different significant ways. This is the pandemic that started, you know, the exodus of nurses. I hope that it ends on a high note. I, I mean, I can only hope. But right now, this needs to be remembered because we need to learn from what's happening in order for this not to happen again. For nurses, just even to learn a little bit more about politics, like, again, not relying on somebody to educate you. You need to, at this point, do it for yourself because nobody is going to do it for you. Um, Hospitals are not going to spend the time to educate you. Uh, Schools is going to take them a long time to catch up. So, you know. Gotta rely on yourself, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and I think the other piece is just like, you know, you can't you you can't just do what your mom and pop did, right? It can't just be like, well, my mom and dad always voted NDP or my mom and dad always voted conservative, and so I'm gonna do that too. Like you really need to look at what are the things that means something to you. What are what are the important aspects that can trickle down and affect your healthcare? What are some of the things that you find important to you? What are those what are like is it climate change? Is it is it healthcare? Is it infrastructure? And you actually learn about these various different people's platforms and and you can sniff out the bullshit, right? Like I think you got to you got to find where your where your people are in terms of politics and you don't have to be a single vo- single Issue voter as well, right? Like you can't take one thing and just say, "Well, this is what I'm going to hang my hat on." Again, I think being involved is super, super important, and just knowing, just just being aware of what's happening day to day. And I, I don't think that's very cumbersome. I'm and I'm not saying that you have to listen to the news 24 seven, but take the time, whether it's on one shift or another. Because trust me, like I, I I remember some of my night shifts where I did a little bit of shopping. Take that time, that extra five minutes, to read an article about some of the healthcare politics that are happening in your local area, and learn about them, and maybe even just meet some of these people and just find out what they're doing or if they're doing anything. Because sometimes they are running on platforms and they're doing nothing in relation to healthcare. And I think that onus really should be on us. And um, but I mean, the other piece is, yeah, we didn't touch on this, but yeah, like we have to talk a little bit about you know the people who were in power and I think they ran not great platforms so that's a whole other thing and maybe the next piece is if you don't like what you're seeing do better maybe you run maybe you be the
1: next change, right? Absolutely. And I think that it's important to ask questions and ask questions to the right people. So all of these politicians that we've mentioned, they're not untouchable. You can absolutely get on Twitter, you know, you can, you can connect with them that way. Um, we've been in touch with a number of politicians through Twitter. So they're not these untouchable celebrities that you will never be able to talk to. You are should talk to them if if you're passionate about certain issues and find out where they stand. If it's not very clear to you, or you just have a little bit more that you want to understand, so that would be my suggestion. Um, it's it's a tough time, and I think that we really need to band together on a number of dis- different issues, um, politics being one of them.
0: Yeah, and I think I think the last part is to organize, right? I think. You know, we've seen nurses here in the states, abroad, organize rallies, right? Like I've seen, we saw the Redonda Vot March. We've seen rallies out here in Toronto for nurses. We've seen rallies out in the UK. If this is if there is something you don't like, we need to be, we need to we need to pull people together. We need to be political. We need to get out there with our little signs and be like, no. This is not what we want. And we need to put that those words into action and words into power and and see change for ourselves. I mean, as long as we're peaceful, as long as we're, you know, we're going about it in a way that's respectful, because, of course, I don't think I anybody should be out honking horns for hours and hours because I, I don't think that got the right attention. But again, I think we just need to, we need to organize. We need to get out there. We need to do this work and we need to do this work together. We can't do this one person here, one person there. Like if you're a nurse, we should be banding with other nurses. Like this is, this is a nursing problem. And the only way to deal with the nursing problem is to get nurses involved, to make solutions and, and to really change our image because, and to, to show people, what we are and who we are what we can and can't do I just think that is is a huge part that we need to educate inform and empower ourselves to do the right thing
1: yep I couldn't have said that better myself
0: of course you could have <laughs> <laughs> anyways you guys thanks so much for listening to our uh, our rant because we uh, we ranted a little bit but
1: stay tuned for next week thanks for listening take care